because we now have the Cinema Giant! Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cinema Judge. I hope my voice finds you well. Now, approaching the bench today, we have the incredible Apple TV Plus show, Masters of the Air. And it stars Austin Butler, Callum Turner, Anthony Boyle, and honestly, a slew of other actors. It's incredible. The cast that they put together for this series or limited series, whatever you want to call it, is incredible. But here's a storyline for Masters of the Air. And by the way, this is produced by Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks, who did Band of Brothers in the Pacific. During World War II, airmen risked their lives for the 100th Bomb Group, a brotherhood forged by courage, loss, and triumph. Every scene that's in this movie actually happened to real people. They scoured everywhere for all kinds of information, books, autobiographies, interviews. Here's the trailer. So you are happy? A girl with writing to is hard to find. Not if you know where to look. I'll miss you every second. Major Egan, you were the first pilot assigned to the 100th. Me and Buckler. You are in charge of 35 planes and 350 air crewmen. Don't you die on me before I get over there. Something big is brewing. The 8th will be sending up the largest air armada ever assembled in the history of mankind. Straight into Hitler's territory. And in complete and total air superiority. That's the mission. What? Might be the last pretty face I ever see. the men who fly through the great spaces of the sky. Are we Tuskegee men or what? Sir, yes, sir! Be with them traversing the air in darkening storms or sunshine fair. I think we may be done. We are going to sit here and take it. We're going to stick with our mission as long as we can fly. We won't go without a fight. What's really going on? It's kind of beautiful. We came from every corner of the country with a common purpose. Go, 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 go. To bring the war to Hitler's doorstep. Daylight missions. 
a suicide. I'm watching me. We lead our boys through. time in the sawmill, boys. Let's rack them up and knock them down. Now, I have to tell you, and this is 100% straight from the heart, this is amazing, incredible, stunning emotionally wrecking it's so well made it's it's every episode is shot like a film they don't skimp on anything the special effects the dialogue the actors everything in this series for me personally exceeds all my expectations i had an idea that it was going to be exceptional but this is exceptional on steroids it is so moving and this let me tell you one other thing too this isn't just your typical war movie. This isn't just a movie glamorizing war or, or you know making these people look like superheroes in any way. They don't need to do that because the acts alone, the acts that they performed up in that plane, those acts are sheer heroism. And that's there's no other way to put it. The guts, the bravery, this the tenacity of these men. I can't even imagine being in that position. You have to see this this TV show. And as of this recording, this is just four episodes in when I'm recording this right now. And I, I just can't wait for each one to come out every week. There's going to be nine total. And this is just number four, like I said, as of this recording. This is far, far more than just a war movie. And I'm, I'm not saying war movies are bad. But there's a lot of viewers who don't like that much tension, anxiety, or violence this, you watch it out of respect and honor of all those who did it. Because there's no way, I'm just speaking for myself, I would have crumbled like a box of cards. I'd been that character in Saving Private Ryan. The guy was huddled on the stairwell as that German walked up the stairs, shaking like a leaf. That would have been me. I'm not even going to pretend or even try to pretend, yes, I'd be this hero. Not a chance. What these men did up there, I, I, we can't thank them enough just as humans. It... It blows me away. And you'll hear later on in some of these interviews, every scene in here, like I said earlier, are acts and scenes that happened to somebody. They did, they scoured everywhere. They took years to put this together. And just, I think it took over two years just even to shoot. And that says a lot. That's how much care and detail they put into this show. And this is what I'm going to do. This episode, they gave me a lot of red carpet interviews. There's not any... Interviews where they sat him down privately, so you're going to hear a lot of noise. But I didn't care. I, this this movie, need, or this show, I keep saying movie. Sorry about that. This has to be shared with people. And I realize not everybody has Apple TV+. Plus. So when it happens, when they put it out on DVD, Blu-ray, on demand somewhere else, whatever it is, mark this down. You must watch Masters of the Air. 
it is wow. It's no other way to put it. I've talked everybody I've talking to who might not always watch these kind of movies, they're like, I can't wait for it to come out. So up first, we're gonna hear from executive producer Tom Hanks. And he talks about so many things, and I'm just gonna let it go. Here's Tom Hanks. I will say that our friends at Apple TV Plus understood how big this thing was. When you're talking with somebody who understands how big it needs to be, uh, I don't want to say the floodgates are open, but they understand that it's a juggernaut and it takes a huge amount of people, it takes a lot of time, and it takes a, a, a special type of collaboration. There is an aspect of verisimilitude and authenticity that I think helps it become the document that it can be and that it's going to live forever on Apple TV Plus is only, is only a plus. That it is not just based on truth, but we literally cherry pick individual specific moments exactly as they are. And it comes down to, I think, for the audience where that's just an added bonus for them to think, I didn't know that. Not just as far as individual moments, but they didn't know how hard and tactile a process that it was. And he's not lying. When you watch this, I mean, obviously we can't put ourselves in truly how it felt, but this incredible project it's the next best thing to being on that plane. It makes you feel like you're right there with them. And I'm just so impressed that Tom Hanks has done this yet again. He did Band of Brothers, The Pacific. His passion, his admiration for all these men and women who put so much on the line during World War II, and they're documenting it. They're putting it out there for the future to know, don't forget. This was beyond any of our expectations. And look what these individuals did. And his care and concern is, I, I, I salute him. Because it'd be so easy just to slap together a movie and go hoorah, hoorah. That's not what they do on this. They show you blood, sweat, tears, the frustration, you name it. It's just flat out incredible. I don't, I don't even know what else to say. But anytime you see Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg, and they're involved in any kind of World War II project, you know it's going to be the real deal. Coming up next... We're going to hear from one of the writers and executive producer, John Orloff. Here he is. So it's been a long journey, and we're all incredibly excited to finally have it finished because it's, it's been a bit of work getting it here. It is enormous, which is one of the reasons it took so long to make. It was such an enormous undertaking. Quite frankly, I don't think anything has ever been attempted like this in history. And people are going to see things that you have not seen, that no human eyes have seen in 85 years. I hope that audiences walk away from this show understanding exactly how harrowing, terrifying, and difficult it was to fly on these missions, and how many young men never returned. It's pretty brutal to have been a member of the 8th Air Force. If, if you were a member of the 8th Air Force, your chances of coming home whole were one in four, which is, which is pretty dark. Wrap your head around that. One in four. You're going up there going, I'm pretty much a sitting duck, but you go up time and time again, not knowing. Uh, it's just, wow, the guts of these guys. Amazing. Now coming up next, we're going to have another executive producer, Gary Goatsman. Here he is. Oh my God, it's the whole reason we do it, is to make it as true and authentic as we can. We talk to all their family, we read every book, every article, every memoir, and uh, we, we're all inclusive of every expert on the subject, 
and uh, we we really felt like we connected with some really great stories out of the research. The most relevant thing in the story is let's not let this happen again. I worry that history gets lost every year a little bit more and more, and now uh, we do a, a representation of a part of the story of World War II, and uh, these boys, uh, 19, 20 years old, went across uh, the pond, flew planes, and fought for what they thought was saving the world from the loss of freedom and the loss of democracy. Oh my God, we lucked out. You know, uh, Lucy Bevan is just a great casting director out of London, and she was uh, really helpful in leading us to this uh, batch of actors that we couldn't be luckier. They all were working actors, but who knew we had all these movie stars in this show, right? And this show has so many young, up-and-coming actors, not even up-and-coming, but already established. When this, You're just like, wow, you're in this, you're in this. Oh, man. And that's, what it's, that's when you know the quality of this kind of show, who shows up to make it. Because we're going to hear from one of them right now. We're going to hear from Austin Butler. And you know him. He was in the recent movie, the 2022 film, Elvis. He played Elvis himself. He was also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's a pretty darn good resume, if you ask me. So here he is from the red carpet. For me, it's, it's honoring these, these brave men and women who, uh, who gave their lives and gave their, their um, psychology and everything to uh, protecting us and keeping us safe and, um, and fighting for an ideal of, 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 uh, of keep making the world a better place. And so I, I just feel really privileged and honored to be a uh, small part of this. All the stories we're telling are true stories. And so there's inherently a responsibility in that to, to want to do them justice and to make them proud. And, um, and But it's really just an honor. I mean, an honor is the word that I use more than any others. We created such a bond, all of us. You know, we had a, lot, a long time. It was almost a year that we shot. And, and it lasted to this day. You know, that was two years ago that we finished. And uh, some of the some of the guys that just I'm seeing right now, I haven't seen them since we finished. So that that bond and that love really stays. You know, it was an amazing experience. It was um, it was it was a dream come true, really, because I had been such a fan of Band of Brothers and and of the Pacific and just everything that Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks do. So it was it was a remarkable experience. I felt very honored. They're the real world superheroes. We would not have the world we have today without them. Uh, so I feel very honored that, that I got to be a part of this. Callum's the best. I love Callum. We had, we had a fantastic time together. And he's brilliant in this series. But something he says really kind of made me think, too. You know, he talks about superheroes. I go, absolutely superheroes. But here's my request to all those companies out there, whether they be Marvel, DC, and whatever company, Sony, who make superhero films. They're wonderful. They're great. They're great adventures. But here's my begging request, and I think you'd make a huge, huge impact with this. Within your companies, yes, you have superheroes, but how about superheroes, real life, or superheroes, true stories? You could have a whole separate branch of superhero movies, but with real people, real stories that we could all truly relate to. I know superheroes you can relate to in their own little way, you know, all the little inner battles, etc. And again, I'm not saying that flippantly. But if you would have a little side thing, a little part of the studio 
that you make those films of real people, real stories that really happened. Just a thought. Think about that. Just you can you you can throw you know they don't have to be big budget either. You don't have to throw billions at them. Just make those simple stories under your umbrella of whatever company you own. But blah 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 blah, real heroes, huh? Just something to think about. Now coming up next, we're gonna have another great actor that's in this show, Callum Turner. He's been in War and Peace, Green Room, in the recent George Clooney directed film. The Boys in the Boat. This guy has some chops. Here he is. The story of Masters of the Air is about the guys that fought against the Germans who came over and saved the world. That's Masters of the Air. This was like the most hostile war zone of all time. The technology was brand new and they were flying blind and 77% of, of these men went down. Most people who were around at the time aren't around anymore. So it's important that we keep the memory of what happened uh, alive. And so we don't repeat the same mistakes. And, you know, it's an honor to represent these people. What they sacrificed um, for us and our ideologies and, and our futures. Uh, so to step into those shoes was, uh, was a real privilege of mine. Yeah, I mean, that's what's so beautiful about these guys, uh, um, Clevin and Egan. They really care about the guys that they're looking after and they're leading. And, and they care about what they're doing and how important it is. But Egan's beautiful because he likes to have a good time too and uh, he enjoys himself. And it's a lot of fun to play. Me and Austin in real life and uh, Buck and Bucky here in the show. Uh, yeah, we all love each other. I want him to, you know, I'm someone that's fascinated by World War II and I didn't know about his story. And uh, it's so important to me that it's shared with people and we can shine a light on what these guys did. We wouldn't be here without them. And uh, um, it was a real honor to represent them. You know, uh, there's never been a moment in my life that I haven't known who Spielberg is and uh, Tom Hanks is. And uh, to play in their orbit and to learn from them and, and grow with them and uh, uh, was a, is a dream come true. And, um, and to do it uh, with the Band of Brothers legacy and the Pacific legacy with Gary Getzman too, it's, uh, it's a real honor. The cockpit's tight. It's like a little tin can, you know. And uh, it just really hits home how crazy it was what these guys did. And they would go out for eight hours and do their job and come home. And that's what I love about his show. You know, you get to experience warfare up in the air in the most extreme conditions ever known to mankind. We see them deal with loss and grief and the effect that these events have on their mind, body, and soul. And he just totally embodies his character. I can't wait till you see it if you haven't seen it already. The guy just, he feels just natural in that role. Now, coming up next, we have Barry Cogan. And this guy, you might think, who do, where do I know this guy from? Well, this guy's been in a lot of great stuff. He was in Dunkirk, American Animals, Chernobyl, which is an amazing series. If you have never seen Chernobyl, blows your mind away. It's so incredible. That's Chernobyl. The Green Knight, The Eternals, The Batman, and I'm going to say this movie wrong, but bear with me, The Banshees of Insurance. Incredibly unique film. It's crazy bizarre, but wow, it's just very unique. And also the recent movie, Saltburn. Saltburn. I tell you what, guys. If you want to see a totally out there movie, Saltburn. And watching him in this, after watching that, it took me a second or two to switch gears. Because his character in Saltburn is miles away from this character. So that really shows his depth, his ability just to 
morph into different characters, not just play the same thing over and over. Because if you watch Saltburn and all these other films, this guy could really shift gears, and it's pretty incredible. Here he is. It was brilliant to work on. I mean, getting to work under Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, and Gary Gersman, wherever he is. But uh, it was brilliant. It was uh, It's an epic show, and you know, I'm a big fan of Band of Brothers, and so, yeah, it's nice. I hope it does, um, you know, show an insight into, uh, you know, into humanizing these lads and, um, you know, that they had to step up and they're basically kids and had to become men. And um, so, yeah, just appreciation and, and, and respect from it. Um, just from the curriculum in school and that, learning about World War II and that, um, I was obviously familiar with it, but, you know, as I signed on to the show, it was, uh, you know, getting to learn a bit more and an and insight into you know, their, their families and, and stuff like that. You just grow a massive kind of appreciation and, you know, you, you, you have gratitude and, you know, you, you understand that you've got massive privileges as well and these lads didn't have. Um, I was great spending time with the lads. You know, there's a, there's a proper brotherhood there, so they're good lads. Coming up next, we have just another talented individual. It's just endless in this show. Anthony Boyle. You've probably seen him in Tolkien, Tetris, Lost City of Z, Pillow Talk, just to name a few. Again, what an incredible talent. Here he is. Well, Harry Crosby is not only fighting the Nazis, he's fighting uncontrollable air sickness, which is, you know, a pretty full-on thing to be fighting. Um, he doesn't feel like a hero. He feels a bit insecure. He feels like he's not the right man for the job. Um, so I think he's the perfect guy to narrate the show and bring us through. It was great. The cast are unbelievable. You know, 250 actors or something I think we had on this each day new people coming in people leaving it was a real it was unbelievable it felt like a big party shouldn't it do you know I watched it the other day in the theatre with like there was about 300 people in this theatre and each person had a very different experience there was people laughing people crying and I sat there in that theatre and I went God I just can't wait for audiences at home to feel what these people, people were clapping, people were going crazy, people were clapping at the titles. It felt like you're on a roller coaster at times, you know, just getting moved around in these big, uh, in these big air sequences that they had. It was pretty, pretty intense. The book camp, it was a lot. It was three weeks of army people shouting at us, you know, get in the ground, maggot, and that sort of thing. And we had to do, uh, how are you doing, bro? Hello. Good to see you, mate. You look great. Um, so it was, it was a lot of uh, rolling around in the mud, you know, all that sort of thing. Can you imagine the dedication for all that training they have to go through? You take this role, and then you go through basically a boot camp. And then what they had to do there, you used to think, well, that's pretty insane. But, you know, in order to find that nuance of that character, what these men went through, or what the, you know, all these kind of things, obviously that could never even come close to what really, 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 really happened. But it still gives you that little taste of what they went through, all that training. So when you get there, you could somewhat react like they reacted. And I want to say one more thing too. This show doesn't have, it's not just all brutality or all this action in the, you know, in the planes. They do have a lot of great in-depth on the ground stuff dealing with their personal lives, relationships between each other, relationships with other, with women there and what consequences that has. There's a lot more depth to this than just, action in case you're like dude all you're talking about is the action all these other things there's far more to it than that there's a lot of intimate situations that happen and what happens to some other people when they get maybe they survive a crash and they're out there in the wild and they have to 
take care of themselves or risk so much. So my point is this. It isn't just sheer in the plane only in action. There's much more to it than that. Up next, we're going to hear from Nate Mann. And you maybe, if you, if you saw the movie Licorice Pizza, and if you haven't, you should. It's a great movie. He's in that. He's also in the TV show Evil and Ex-Husbands. And he also did play teen Ray Donovan in a TV show Ray Donovan. Little tidbit for you. But here he is. The, the word I've been using the most is immersive. I mean, like, you know, Gary and Tom and Steven, they care so much about this world and this story and these guys, you know, right down to just every, every cockpit sequence was just full on. Uh, and, and that just that made it feel really special. And I hope it comes across uh, in the finished product. Yeah, I mean, I was familiar with the 8th Air Force, but I wasn't super familiar with the 100th Bomb Group, you know, the bloody 100th, as they call it. And I mean, you know, you learn about these stories, these boys, right, these young men, but they're really boys, you know, coming from all over America, joining in this effort, this unprecedented effort against an unprecedented enemy. Um, and it just it, it stands out as this remarkable um, fact of history with, of course, you know, uh, uh, devastation, um, you know, the, uh, that it wreaked on, on these men's lives, but how they triumphed in the end, you know, the courage, it's just, uh, you know, it's almost incomprehensible. Rosie was a, uh, grew up in Brooklyn, became a lawyer, Pearl Harbor happens, he enlists, and he ends up uh, spending hundreds and hundreds an hour of hours in the cockpit training gunners. So when he finally goes to the 100th, He's super experienced behind the cockpit, but little does he know that some of his first missions are going to be uh, some of the most um, harrowing of the whole of the whole journey. So immersive. I mean, we, we made it such a we tried to make it really feel like we were stepping into the world of the show. We were sitting in a cockpit, you know, a replica cockpit that was on a hydraulic gimbal. There's screens going around, lots of noise. There's special effects and explosions. Really trying to make it uh, kind of as exciting as possible. Now, here's me begging once again to the makers of this wonderful project. Please, 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 when you release it on DVD, and I beg you that you do this, put on the making of. We would love to see the creation of this show. You know every one of us would go out there and buy a copy. If you watch this show, you're going to buy the DVD. Just like him just even talking about that, about all that stuff around him. It's on a machine that's shaking it. You really get that immersive feel. So pretty, 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 pretty please, when you release this bad boy, put on a ton of extras. Because us movie geeks like me would eat that up like glorious candy. So do it, please. Now coming up next, we have Rafferty Law. He was in the 2019 film Running Man, 2021 Twist. The movie I really want to talk about that he was in, he played young Remy in the 2010 Repo Men. It stars Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker. I remember that came out and I saw it in the theater. I love that movie. Great concept. It sets in the future. If you get a, to say if you get a, some kind of transplant and you can't pay the bill, well, these guys, Forrest Whitaker and Jude Law, they come find you for these fancy devices and they take it out. You're like, what? But it, it works. Trust me, it's a really good film. And the ending was, I, I'll always remember the ending it was really well done. It was original and cool. I'm like, nicely done. So if you ever see, want to, 2010 film, Repo Men, I think you'll love it. I did. But here's Rafferty Law from the red carpet. 
Yes, definitely. I think Sergeant Ken Lemons, I mean, he, I was so inspired by him. I read his book. I, I did a lot of research on the guy. And from an early, early moment, I realized how, how lucky I was to be able to tell his story. A lot of the time, mechanics and ground crews, they don't always get that narrative. And although he's kind of on the periphery, you see, he's almost like the audience's eyes and ears. You see what it was like for the guys at the base, um, what they would do in between the missions, how they were dealing with this, um, this psychological torment of a lot of people not coming back and seeing the harrowing um, effect that it was having on people. So to show what a 19-year-old was going through at that time with so much responsibility, um, I felt a, a, an element of pressure, but also I was in safe hands. It's such an incredible production to be a part of, such a brilliant cast. So many people had each other's backs. There was that support system. So I really just... Um, I did my research and we, we had a brilliant boot camp with Captain Dale Dye. And from there, I just wanted to yeah show to show the mechanics point of view. I, I mean, Stephen and Tom and Gary, they are they are the masters at kind of retelling these World War II stories. And they do it on such a, on such a spectacle um, level. From the, even from the audition, there was an excitement within me. Um, and it was something that I really, really wanted to be a part of. And once I got the role... I was quickly into boot camp um, and that was genuinely one of the best experiences of my life to be around such incredible actors and talent but also just such lovely guys who um, all had each other's backs. It was all about kind of um, encouraging each other and, and really trying to kind of understand this story, this incredible story that we're telling um, and that kind of set the precedent from there. Now coming up next to the red carpet, we're going to hear from Sawyer Spielberg and he was a production assistant from Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. He was in The Post in the movie Breathe. Here he is. This is a massive endeavor, for sure. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I heard about this project about three years ago. And um, I went through the auditioning process and then found out in February, four weeks before we got shipped off to boot camp, that I was going to be playing Lieutenant Roy Frank Clater, a real guy, a pilot commanding officer of a B-17, and I was floored. And to be able to spend eight months in London working on a show like this was, I was like, the most overwhelming, exciting thing that's ever happened to me as an actor. The, the intimate moments, the intimate conversations that I've had with the other actors uh, behind the scenes, waiting to go up and do our scenes, or on the weekends when we traveled together and bonded and... Um, those memories I'm going to cherish for the rest of my life. And I hope to know these guys for the rest of my life. I mean, this is an incredible group of actors. Military history and World War II has been a big part of my family for a long time. So I, it was a complete honor to be a part of this and to work with such an incredible cast and team and directors and producers. And I mean, these sets were incredible. And um, it's been a dream of mine to, to fly and play an Air Force pilot. So it's a dream come true. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Jonas Moore, Brendan Cook, Matt Gavin, and Elliot Warren. I think what, what was amazing was being on a, in such a dynamic set, watching people that I'd grown up with, that I'd sort of seen before, and learning every day, you know, watching these actors that I'd loved, just doing their thing, and just, it was an incredible learning experience as much as anything else as well. I play Second Lieutenant Alexander Jefferson. Well, he was a Tuskegee Airman uh, that ended up being a POW captured at war. Um, he was a great man, a great leader. He was a brilliant artist as well, so he drew actually his entire time while he was captured. So we have this record, essentially, of what the POW camps were like and uh, what it was like to 
be around there, what it was like to be a Tuskegee Airman. So I think he was really, really important in that, in that movement. It was amazing. And we're led by Austin Butler and Callum Turner, who are absolute titans, both very different, but they really were like our commanding officers. They were, they were great. It was just such a pleasure. The Bloody Hundreds are the, uh, like the, the, the bomb squad uh, for, for the American Air Force that um, led the fight over the, the bombing raids over Nazi Germany. All their planes would get battered and bruised and they'd get shot up by flak, but they'd always come home. It was just, it was unbelievable. I think that's kind of the, the, the number one job that you want as an actor, you know, to work with legends like that. And um, it was pretty surreal knowing that they were a part of the project. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from one of the writers and executive producer, John Orloff. And he sums it up by saying pretty much what he hopes you get out of this. And then we have a, I'll call it a featurette. In this little featurette, it's a little sizzle where they combine all these little clips of from London premiere into this little package where a lot of the people introduce themselves and talk about how excited they are to be here, or part of the project, and at the red carpet. So that's what you're going to hear after that interview. Everybody's like, hey, here we are at London. I'm very excited. On the TV version of this, if you want to watch that, I also have a little bit more footage that's not on here, but they're on the stage at the premiere, and the whole cast is there, and this guy's introducing them all. It's kind of joking back and forth. I felt it really wouldn't work on here because you really can't see them on stage. You can't see the the mojo on stage. I do have that in the TV version of this show. And I'll give that to you in a few minutes after the interview in that little sizzle moment. I think I want people to remember that this is a true story, that these men really did these things, these really heroic things. And I don't think you need a Marvel superhero when you can have the real thing with these guys. Hey, I'm Austin Butler. I'm here at the London premiere of Masters of the Air. My name is Gary Getzman. I'm in London. Hi, I'm Karim Tona. Barry Kyogen, and I'm here for Masters of the Air. Very exciting. There's a lot of faces who I haven't seen in a while. I am terribly excited to be here in London, England. It feels pretty cool to be here. Callum's the best. I love Callum. Yeah, we all love each other. It was brilliant to work on. I mean, getting to work under Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks. How would I describe it in one word? Wow. Intense. Spectacular. Sacrifice. Brilliant. Epic. First time in the sawmill, boys. Let's rack them up and knock them down. And they're not kidding. Every word that they just said describes this show. Action, adventure, romance, comedy. It actually has all of those things. And that's what makes it so special. It's not just one kind of film. It's not all action either. There's a lot of character development because that's how you care about a character. If you just show somebody in a plane and something bad happens, you're like, okay, I've seen that a million times. But they really make you care. And a lot of these people that they are portraying are based on real life people, which makes it even more insane. It just adds that little extra element of my word, this person existed and they did this. Well, I truly hope you enjoyed our in-depth look at Masters of the Air. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, please let me know. Because I can't grow if I don't know. Reach out, either cinemajudge at hotmail.com or any other platform, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I put stuff out there sometimes. I love your comments there. And also on, on YouTube, I love your comments. And I'm sometimes on Horizon Worlds in the meta universe. 
go there. We could actually chat one-on-one, talk movies, talk TV, whatever. I love talking. Please stop by and let me know what's going on because I can't fix if I don't know what's broken. And I love hearing how you listen to the show. So many of you reach out, say you, you use it when you're going to work, when you're at work on break, or just sitting at home or taking a long road trip. I love it. And some of you even listen to it, maybe it's two months from now, two years from now. And that's great too, because what I'm about to do here shortly is give a shout out. But that's just people who listen to the last episode, because it's impossible to track all the other stuff in, in on other platforms like YouTube. So if you don't, if you ask me, hey, why didn't you give a shout out to me? Because it only mentions shout outs from people who listen to the actual podcast on whatever platform that is. But don't think for one second I don't appreciate you going out of your way to listen to it in, on any other way. Because it truly makes my day. So wherever, whenever, or whatever you're doing, this is for you. Everybody from the United States, Germany, Poland, France, Austria, South Africa, Mexico, St. Paul, Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Phoenix, Arizona, Stillwater, Minnesota. There's no way I could pronounce this bad boy, but I still want to mention you. C-Z-E-M-L-E-W-O. K-U-J-A-W-S-K-O. Thank you so much. Nandy Sign at Marne. Is that it? Probably not, but thank you very much. Egan, Minnesota. Krefeld, North Rhine, Westphalia. Vienna. Frankfurt AM, Maine, Hesse. Sandown, New Hampshire. Bad Belgian Baden-Württemberg. Monticello, Minnesota. Bow, New Hampshire. Superior, Wisconsin. Los Angeles, California. Johannesburg. North Bergen, New Jersey, Tempe, Arizona, Maple Grove, Minnesota, Monterey, Leon, Las Vegas, Nevada, Columbus, Ohio, and that's just to name a few. So to each and every one of you who take time out of your busy life to listen to this show, I am very grateful. Because as most of you know, I just like to share movies with you. I'm not here to yell or complain, cry about Hollywood. That's not what we do here. This is a movie oasis, a place where you could come and just listen to one show or movie. There's so much noise out there. I just want you to be able to come here and listen and just hear about something, whether it be a tentpole, independent film, or TV show. That's what it's all about here, because any movie can be somebody's favorite movie. And today's bourbon shout-out goes to every solitary vet out there, but especially the World War II ones, since this one deals with that. What you individuals did, I am I'm humbled and honored and just shocked at what you had to go through. Here I am, sitting in my basement, talking about a movie, and it, there's no way I'd be able to do it if it wasn't for you. What you individuals did, men and women, everybody, it's shocking, amazing, and beautiful. And I know so many of us take it for granted every day, but there are times when we come around we think, without you, we wouldn't be here today in this kind of world that we live in today. So to every single vet out there, from the bottom of my heart, cheers. And when I was making this show, the TV version, which becomes this, and that website is, I'll give that to you in just two seconds. But when I'm sitting down and making this, I'm usually just cranking tunes. This time I go, well, I want to I want to try to get into the mode as much as I can. What, what were those guys listening to back then? So of course, I had thrones in Glenn Miller. Come on! Glenn Miller was the king of that era. So that's what I did. I threw out a bunch of Glenn Miller and some swing tunes, and I was in the zone. It just made me feel like, okay, here I am. I'm, I'm picturing being in that time, that era, 
let's put on some Glenn Miller and some additional swing songs. You can't lose. Now, if you want to watch a TV version of this, go to bit.ly slash cinemajudge. bit.ly slash cinemajudge. You'll find this show and several others. And they're usually out there for several months. You watch it on demand whenever you want. And you don't see or hear me at all. That's the best part of that. You just watch the interviews, watch the clips, whatever I have on that show, there it is. And episodes like this, I have a little additional information that I don't have on here. It's like that part where I show them on the stage talking. In case you're into that kind of thing, you can watch it anytime you want on demand. Well, that is it. My glass awaits. I'm very thirsty. So cheers to you and to the movies. So until next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge. (laughs) 